Live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. All right, put those sticks down. Let's drop the puck. Uh, win it to the forehand tonight and get a good shot away right off the bat. It's the VGK Insider Show. What an outstanding opening hour. You heard from Mark Stone and Alec Martinez uh, post-game last night and their passion and what they offered as far as uh, justifying the uh, physical response and liking what they did in standing uh, to the uh, Edmonton Oilers on the physical side of things. John Shannon was also with us. And the, uh, the great grand prize giveaway of uh, a couple of tickets to game seven entered in that draw uh, if you don't win if there's not a game seven you're going to win an autographed jersey that is cool and that's all courtesy of porta subs want to make sure that porta subs gets some really great recognition for this uh, prize package that they've been running all throughout the playoffs as we look ahead to game five tomorrow night on the heels of a donnybrook last night in edmonton donnybrook uh, good good i like that uh well it yeah. certainly wasn't a kerfuffle no, it was, no, a, it was no. way beyond a kerfuffle. It was absolutely over a kerfuffle. I'm good with the Donnybrook. I, I'm not expecting – I don't even know what I'm expecting. I, I feel like every time I try to say I'm going to expect something to happen in the game, it goes the complete opposite direction. So I think what I'm going to try to do going into Game 5 is to not have any expectations whatsoever. I'm going into it hoping, right, that we get both teams playing well at the same time, but uh, my, my expectations going into tomorrow, I, I think I'm just going to abandon them. Do you want a big reason why it's been so nasty? Sure. I haven't heard this anywhere else, so I'll drop a little magic on you. Okay. The games have been relatively lopsided. Mm-hmm. What happens when games are lopsided? Certain actions, the uh, one slash, the one punch, doesn't have as much of a, a ramification on, mm-hmm. on the result Yep. because it's already secured. So people are taking their liberties in these games that are out of hand, and they're getting their pound of flesh. Yep. And that is one of the reasons why you're getting some late-game shenanigans. Gary Lawless had that same take yesterday on the radio. Yeah, well, I haven't heard it from you, so uh, let's uh, let's factor that in, that it's the great knowledge being dropped on you from this side of the studio, and that is why when you, you, you bottle it up and you're not going to give it back because if you punch somebody and you get the extra minor out of that and it results in a power play goal and it's a one-goal win for the other team, you feel shame. But sure. that hasn't been the case. You've been able to uh, take your number and cash in on that number in the same game because there's been multiple goal uh, spreads uh, through the course of this one. So uh, that that's one reason. The other one is both these teams have watched what's happened in the Stanley Cup playoffs. You've had the Stanley Cup champions from last year bounced. The Stanley Cup champions from the two years prior to that bounced. The Stanley Cup champions prior to that aren't in it. It's wide open. Sure. And you've got the top two teams in the Western Conference facing each other. You'd be lying if you said you hadn't thought about the path being a little bit clearer. If you get through this series, there's a path there to glory. That's another reason why it's elevated. That's a that's a really good take there, and I, I think it's you're you're right on the money in that. I know. You know 
for the Golden Knights and, and the Edmonton Oilers, um, you know, obviously before the, the second round started, you could maybe throw the Leafs in there just based on the, the team that they had and, and where they were at at the, at the end of the season and, and getting, you know, off the schneid, finding a way to finally exit the first round, that, that you felt like if you just get over that next hurdle, you just get over that next hump, and for the Golden Knights and the Oilers, it's one another, that that path is, is very, very clear. And, you know, I, I think that there's, there's a degree of that for sure. Um, I do think that you were also... Uh, wise to point out that Evander Kane would be the guy that, that yeah. really brought that anger, that level of frustration for Golden Knights fans. I said Drysidel, Drysidel was certainly a, a thorn in the side, but not to the extent that, that Evander Kane has been able to impact this series. Uh, and, and we saw the, the full ramifications of that last night. Well, it was the easiest statement I've ever made. It is, yeah. And it may have taken a game to happen. But it's like the middle square in the bingo card. Yeah. It was a freebie. Here's uh, yes. Brian Boyle, uh, for analyst for the NHL Network on the VGK Insider Show at Fox Sports Las Vegas, uh, along with Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Uh, Brian, what do you think of this Vegas-Edmonton series? I love it. So I love I. it. <laughs> I love it. It's so much. I mean, like the, I look at the teams, and I look at all the firepower that both have. I love how Vegas plays. I love their depth. I like how they're balanced. Uh, there's some storylines. There's injuries. There's goaltending changes. Uh, electric offensive play. A little bit of a uh, little bit of extracurriculars. That we're still trying to. We, I haven't heard anything yet on on Petro. But no. It's uh, this is a playoff series. I love it. So it kind of came out of nowhere. First time that they've met in the postseason, uh, but the top two teams in the West, uh, so much skill involved that maybe you could convince yourself to thinking that it would be just hockey. We wouldn't see this level of nastiness, meanness, or dirtiness. Uh, Do you remember being involved in a series in your career where this type of hatred came out of nowhere and it just became an epic set? Yeah, we had it uh, in 2000 and I don't even uh, 11 maybe Ottawa 12 uh, we played Ottawa not much there and you just when you have abrasive players and guys that and, and it, I mean it was unfortunately it's like a bit of a throwback now but there's there's different there's there's different ways to play and you have to get into the playoffs and you need certain players to get you there and then to get you through the playoffs you have to play a certain way and sometimes that's certain players that's why I mean I always say the ice shrinks and when you're facing off against somebody that long with so much on the line and the other team's good, you get frustrated, you get angry, and, and you know, boys will be boys sometimes. I think it's how the playoffs should be. I think it's really entertaining. And I think in this case, the amount of skill and the amount of, you know, there's goals, there's high-end, there's high-end talent, there's execution on the high-end talent, but then there's, there's, there's stuff after the whistle. There's physicality. There's rough and tumble. There's fights. And I think it's it's just entertainment nonstop, no matter what. If it's four one, five one, or if it's two two, four four, whatever it is, there's going to be some entertainment. There's going to be reasons to watch. We've been waiting all day for the news regarding Alex Petrangelo, and all it took was Brian Boyle coming on the VGK Insider <laughs> Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas to poke the bear a little bit. Said we hadn't heard anything. It just came down. Uh, the news is out that uh, the Golden Knights defenseman has been suspended for one game for slashing Edmonton Oilers forward Leon Dreisaitl during Game 4 last night. Instant analysis from Brian Boyle. What do you think? One game, that's what I thought. One game. 
you know, you can't bring your stick up over your head and do that. That's, uh, and you can't let it slide with nothing either. Um, so hopefully there's no real injury on the play. I don't, <laughs> I don't understand it. But, yeah, one game I think is fair. That's what I thought because uh, it's the playoffs. And, but, yeah, that's uh, you can't do that. I don't. I don't. That was interesting. I, I <laughs> but again, it's entertaining. Like you don't know. What you, you don't know what to expect in this series. You ever slash somebody like that? Yeah, maybe in like Pee Wee or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I don't. Uh, not over the head though. I don't. I've slashed my stick on a crossbar out of yeah. frustration, but I was only mad at myself, and then, and then my dad was mad at me. I had to go get a new stick. Uh, so that that you're right about that, uh, and that, that was before uh, the composite. Uh, Jay Woodcroft was fined ten thousand dollars for the instigator that was handed to Darnell Nurse. Uh, how upset do you think he is for having to shell out the ten k? Oh, I think maybe that the ownership will help him out with. That. Are you allowed to do that? See, I don't. I don't know. I think. I mean, I'm not trying to get anyone in trouble here. No. I would assume, and I don't know this. I would assume though, because it's not. You know, it's not part of the salary cap. It's not like no. you're preventing right. anything. It doesn't. There's no competitive advantage. You know what I mean? As long as the fund gets its money, and it goes to the player assistance fund. Uh, uh, they get the and somebody pays it. I think it'd be uh, okay if I did something and I got fined. I'd be looking at uh, at the the boys or or manager saying, <laughs> "Can can you help me out here?" Yeah. So he, in, in, you know, how does he control that? Really, you know, yeah. like, hey, don't do that, and then the guy's going to do it. It's so there's so much passion going on. There's so much on the line. You know, if you're an Edmonton Oiler, you think this is your year. Uh, with how the whole playoffs has gone, you know, everyone was probably I'm not saying scared of Boston, but it, you know, that was kind of like let's get through the West so we can get to Boston, and now they're gone, right? So, you know, emotions run high, and that's again. It's so much fun to be a part of. It's so much fun to play in when, when there's that much on the line and your emotions are that high. That makes the game so much fun. And then sometimes you do things that, you know, looking back you might regret. <laughs> I, I'm sure I have as well. Yeah, uh, I, I, not on the ice, but I've done a lot of things that I regret. Uh, it's Brian Boyle with us on the VG Game Saturday Show in Fox Sports Las Vegas with Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. So when you kind of look at it, the extracurriculars notwithstanding, when you look at these two teams, the Edmonton Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights, we've, we've had lopsided affairs through the first four games in the series. Do you have any expectations for, for what you think might happen in, in games five, six, and potentially seven? Uh, no. I've tried to predict these playoffs, and I've been wrong every time, so I can't say anything that goes out in the public, and then I uh, am completely wrong. So I, I honestly think, you get to know a team more and more. I always thought the second round was more of a uh, game to game. It didn't really matter. You know, the first round, I was saying it's, it's, it's chaos, right? You're using every ref you have, every linesman you have. Teams are happy to be in. Um, you know, you're trying to survive. There's so much going on around the league. Um, you know, it's the first round is like it's, it's, it's completely different than the second round. The second round turns into more like a chess match. You know, if, if one guy doesn't have it that night, the, the line matchups and the game plan, so, it's so dialed in that it, it just causes a ripple effect. The farther you go in the series, you realize more is on the line. You're looking at other series. You're like, we could be one of the last you know, four teams playing. It's just so much that goes on, so the swings are, are that much bigger, too. But then when the game ends, you don't know the next team. The motivation factor, if you, after you lose a game, as the rounds progress, it just it goes up so high and... and Teams find something. You could get blown out one day, and then you find something the next, and you and you can 
and you can fix it, right the ship, you know. So especially with these teams, like how, how's how's Vegas going to start? So if Vegas starts and they play discipline, right? That's the storyline. I think in this series, you play discipline, you don't give them a power play, especially not early. Generally leads to success against Edmonton. Uh, Edmonton comes out, brings a lot of speed, draws a couple. Then they get their big guns going a little bit. It's going to put Vegas behind the eight ball. So it's like, how's it going to be officiated? The first five minutes, I think, matter more in this series for each team than in, than in maybe any other series. Game to game, how have you kind of felt the officiating has gone in this series in terms of, like, upholding a standard? Well, look, I think in the first round, again, like I said, the first round, it was a little bit, it was a little bit inconsistent. I thought they were calling, they were trying to call, like, everything. Um, no, this stuff, the stuff that happens, I think, it's, it's so hard. I mean, and then with this much emotion and fighting, and I thought there was a little bit of embellishment in the first round across the league. Uh, it's difficult. It's a difficult job, but, you know, I can't really... I can't really get on the refs too much. It's just it's too hard of a job. It's just too much. Like, they understand how good Edmonton's power play is. If they if they have a computer or, a, or, a, or an iPad or whatever, any kind of Internet access, they understand that. And they don't they don't want to influence the game. But they have to make the calls that they see. And that's a part. That's a strength. It's not, it's not Edmonton's fault that they create and get power plays because they're so good, and then they're so good on the power play. But at the same time, like, if you're Vegas, you got to play them hard. You got to play them strong, and you got to play them physical. And they're going to snap their head back or die. Like you never know. So it's just you got to play with a certain level of discipline and a certain level of emotion, and, and try and toe that line. And I can't again. I can't really get on. You can't get on the stripes too much. Longtime NHL Brian Boyle is with us on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, Florida, Toronto. How deep do you think this goes? Does Toronto actually have a shot of pulling off? one of the miracles that has happened a couple of times recently. Uh, yeah, I mean, they disappointed me, obviously. Um, you know, they got through Tampa, who was pretty beat up, and showed some character getting through Tampa, and showed a, just the kind of a gamesmanship like they won. Like, they, they won ugly, which I think is a skill. But I think there's got to be more buy-in in terms of how, how you have to play. Playoff hockey's different, Right. And with so few guys making so much money, they really have to they have to change. They have to get a little bit uncomfortable and play a certain way that, that, that they're probably not used to because the old way hasn't worked. And you saw a little bit of a better game, game four, but you know you big big time uh, big time acquisitions. I think with Shen Achari and Ryan O'Reilly uh, proved to be. You know, necessary, obviously, because of the way they play. And they've been through playoff rounds, and obviously O'Reilly's got the con smite, but there's a different level. You have to get to a different mindset in the playoffs, and I don't know if they're all there yet. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I want that series to go long. I think it's great for the game if those guys don't you know, flip a switch or whatever, but, um, you know, we'll see. I'm, I'm pulling for the kid in that, too. Like, that's not an easy situation for him but he, he looked pretty good uh joseph wall i think I just i hope so because i mean <laughs> those fans have been through enough 
All right, let's have some fun. Uh, my day job on TV, worked with a lot of people and uh, who fall under these three categories. The person you love to work with on the panel, the person that talks too much, that steals your time, and the person that steals your ideas and uses that as their own. Who are they? You know what? I'm so new at this, I panic. And then, uh, so if someone else is talking, I can't really listen. And then I'm just waiting for my cue. <laughs> if they take up too much time, that means I have less time to make a fool out of myself. So they haven't gotten there yet. I'm sure, I'm sure it'll, uh, I'm sure it'll harden me and I'll, uh, I'll get grouchy. Well, I'll, I'll I, get, do, I do with everything else in my life. I'll get Kiprios. Uh, I'll get Kiprios to give you a call because we, we, he and I share a couple of those guys uh, from back in the day. Hey, uh, Brian, uh, <laughs> happy to see you doing well and uh, great talking to you. Thanks for your insight. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. There's Brian Boyle, longtime NHLer, uh, NHL Network analyst, right now working the Stanley Cup playoffs. So with us on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. And again, there's another guy who's been in the trenches, mm -hmm. who's followed the game his entire life and admits, we don't have any idea what's <laughs> going to happen game to game in this Golden Knight series against the Edmonton Oilers. Let's go over to Jared Justice. I, I've done, what, three shows this week? And yeah. that has been the... You have you guys have had the same guest on twice, who's bo both times has gone. Yeah. I, I got, but it's I really important. It's, it's great that they're not trying to BS you. Yeah. They're not trying to sell you on, oh, it's going to be a, I, a Vegas I win know. tonight. Other people don't know, but I exactly. know. Exactly. No, There's <laughs> none of that happening. That is great honesty. It's not wrong to admit that you don't know what's going to happen because if if you're trying to sell me on that, what, what are your facts? There's no facts that back that up that tell you one way or the other. They're both going to be missing. Big pieces on the back end tomorrow night. Darnell yep. Nurse, and now we know Alex Petrangelo, uh, suspended for one game, are both out for game number five. That doesn't even alter the, the teeter-totter that John Shannon loves to use. No, it, it's, it's just, it's, this series at times, and, and when I say at times, I, I mean the entirety of it, is chaos. It, it, is, it has been absolute chaos, game to game, shift to shift, period to period, it feels like, and you know, now that we, we understand that the Oilers will be without Darnell Nurse, the Vegas Golden Knights will be without Alex Petrangelo for game number five, I, I think that you have even more uncertainty as to what you're going to get from both sides going into the game. And the one-game suspension to Alex Petrangelo works because the Oilers wanted more. They mm -hmm. wanted a deuce or more. And Vegas said, look, he's taken all kinds of punishment. He shouldn't have anything. He's just fed up because you guys weren't calling it tight enough. Uh, I'm putting words in people's mouth, paraphrasing. But uh, but one kind of fits here. Uh, Bruce Cassidy spoke uh, before the team departed Edmonton today, uh, flying back to Vegas. Uh, Ashley Weiss was there uh, along with uh, Ed Graney for the media availability of the Vegas Golden Knights head coach. Good to get a, a night's sleep and start today over fresh. Uh, yeah, you know, we'll travel back, uh, look at some things, and get ready for game five. Sir, do you feel like there's a reason that the swings have been so significant from game to game? Does it feel like the adjustments have been big? I don't think so, to be honest with you. I mean, there's certain things you always look at to do. Uh, I think it's urgency levels uh, from the team that lost the previous game seems to have more urgency. I know I, I just look at our first goal and we didn't have any urgency. I mean, it's a simple rim in that 
it's by our goaltender, so now our D has it. We don't play north things we talk about. We go back into their forecheck. Good for them. Give them credit. They create a loose puck situation, and we're not urging in front of our net, and we're, you know, now we're chasing the game. So there's a little bit of that going on for each team. Um, I also think you got what you got in this series is you've got some goaltenders that haven't played a lot of playoff hockey, so sometimes that can affect outcomes of games. Uh, I don't know if both goalies in each team have had their A game at the same time in this series. That might explain a little bit of it. I'm not putting it on the goaltenders, but there's a little bit of that going on. Um, and you see that through different parts of the league as well. In other series with this year, it seems like there's a little more of that. Um, but after that, no, I just think the team that's lost the game has been the better, played played better the next game. Petrangelo has his meeting. Any thoughts on it? And did you think it was just a culmination of stuff that happened with him over the course? Well, he'll go through that. My thoughts, you know, don't matter. To be honest with you, um, at the end of the day, he's got a hearing. He's had no history of suspension or been called to the carpet by the league. So, you know, Petro's a pretty honest player. Every day, I can I can attest to that. Um, we love the way he plays the game for us, and um, that'll get settled between people outside of. You know, myself and the people commenting on it. Any, uh, I mean, do you think it's just going to get more and more physical, or do you think guys now 2 2 is so close, we'll back off? Well, the physicality is okay. It's playoff hockey, right? It's what happens in each way is, you know, when a team gets behind, I think they, they're also under a microscope a little more, too, because the natural thing, oh, we're going to go and so that. Can lend to both teams being a little, get, getting a little frustrated if they don't feel like they're getting the calls go their way. So uh, the physicality is fine, um, clean physicality is fine, and the the stuff that isn't should be addressed and should be managed in game by the officials. That's the way I look at it. And both sides have commented on where they feel it's there and it's not there, and um, well, that's it. You said North in your first answer there. The, in game three, you know, you could count how many times you guys dumped the puck in and it didn't seem like you were able to get that part of your game going. Well, the first touch is important. You've got to get out of your end, first of all, uh, get through the neutral zone. We've said it all along. Our best hockey we've played against both Winnipeg and Edmonton is when we've been fairly clean through, through, out of our zone and, and playing in behind their D. It's, it's a good formula for us. We've scored on the rush because the counter of that is that you know D will start to leak back to try to get a head start and breaking pucks out and you get some ice in front of them. So it can lead to you know uh, different ways to score, but that that's where we have to put pressure on Edmonton. I, they got some dangerous forwards. They got dangerous D joining the rush. So if you can limit some of that by forechecking well, then I think you have a better chance to win. Will you look at your lineup at all for game five? We always do. We always do. I mean, I have faith in the guys that are in there. The guys that we haven't used are good players for us too. They've helped us win this year, so if that's what we got to do, we will. But um, that's something we'll discuss as a staff today and see if there's a better answer. Did you see last night, Aiden, how he came out of it? What you thought, what you saw, and then now thinking about how he played? Well, I mean, it, I don't know if you know if, if, if the outcomes. You know, I, I I don't have a crystal ball on what you know if we get this save or that save. All I know is. He needs to play. He hasn't played a lot, so he made some good saves, and, and other ones we, we could have 
ne we needed for timely saves, and they're still good goals. I'd say that about our goals in game three. We scored good goals, and they probably needed timely saves to stay in the game because they weren't on top of their game. That's a little bit more of the situation, I think. It's not like we're sitting there, you know, oh, four goals should have, you know, yeah, could we have used the Ekholm save, for example? It's 2 nothing, and now it's 3 nothing, and, and, you know, that separates you a little more than, especially with a dynamic offensive team or, or the power place, whatever it is, it, you know, that we needed another save early, um, but we needed to prevent the play from happening is what we needed to do, is, is more accurate, so he wasn't put in that position, but we put him in that position, and, and that's on all of us. Uh, their power play really good in the first two games and you've held them to just one power play goal over the last two. You have tweaked your, your penalty kill. Are you pleased with what's happening there? Right yeah, now? I mean, they beat us from distance last night, so they got to give something up. Um, and we know Bouchard's dangerous. He scored a bunch against us. So, um, you know, we are going to have to make sure that we keep pushing him farther away from the net. And But at the end of the day, I've said it, if we can limit ozone chances and, and force him to execute under a little more pressure, um, that has benefited us lately. Uh, so that'll be the game plan again, but it is better. It's, it's, it's better than it was at the start, and that's what you want. You want your whole game to be there that way. Uh, special teams could have made a big difference last night if our power play cashes in. I, I actually thought our power play generated some good looks. We just didn't finish, and maybe you can neutralize that part of the game because at the end of the day, they, you know, they, they outplayed us five on five, and which has been our advantage. So... Um, if that's going to happen, then we better win the special teams game, and uh, that didn't happen either. Bruce Cassidy, before the team uh, flew home to Vegas earlier today, that was prior to the announcement that Alex Petrangelo suspended one game for his actions in the late going last night against uh, the Edmonton Oilers and Leon Dreisaitl. Oh, one thing uh, we know is Petrangelo lost a lot of minutes. You lose that uh, out of the lineup tomorrow night. Is it Ben Hutton? Is it Brayden Ball? Uh, likely Hutton goes uh, goes in, but uh, we'll see. Uh, Hutton can play in the power play, uh, so that helps you, uh, you out on that. Uh, Shea Theodore has to raise the level of his game uh, yep. in a critical time tomorrow night. Yeah, he absolutely does. Uh, I mean, you look at... You know, it just it's it's not been a, a a sparkling series yet for Shea Theodore. But when you have a player to his caliber, and, and I think obviously with Petrangelo not being available tomorrow, you're looking for a, a a raising of the level for Shea Theodore, an opportunity to to bring his game to another level, to find something uh, more than what he's had so far through the the first four games in the series. So I'm expecting a big game out of out of Shea and then to your point on on Ben Hutton if it is him Ben may has really good instincts when it comes to his power play work and, and what he's been able to show for the Golden Knights he's not afraid to make quick passes not afraid to get pucks to the net so that might be a good thing for the Golden Knights if it is him coming in and then the the bit from Bruce Cassidy on special teams power play the Golden Knights second period had two back-to-back -back power play opportunities and they had chances. Again, you got to give credit to Stuart Skinner for making saves, but that could have been a crucial part of the game for the Golden Knights. If they were able to get one there, it could have gotten them back into what it was that they did that made them successful in Game 3. Uh, I, I'm a jerk, uh, so I can speak to this. Uh, I can stir the pot. I know how to get under people's skin when it doesn't necessarily fit the timing or the environment. Uh, but Stuart Skinner's lucky last night. 
because he potentially uh, could have started something that turned nasty in the late going when people were cruising around in front of the net when he didn't have to be. He was coming aggressively to the top, to the top of his crease, and, and uh, Brett Houghton gets a penalty uh, out of it. But that was instigated by the only goal to, or the goaltender. You don't touch the goalies. We all know that, and teams teammates come to their defense. Uh, that was uh, unnecessary. Uh, the National Hockey League uh, will, will be uh, watching that. He also got a playing the puck and outside the trapezoid, which you yep. hard to ever see. But but that situation late, it could it was just fueling an already volatile uh, situation. Uh, and on Ben Hutton, remember he sat out twenty one straight games to healthy scratch and Vegas uh, played a home and home against Edmonton in the late season. Mm-hmm. And Hutton went in for the front half of that home and home and was great. Yep. in that game. He admitted that it was uh, an uncomfortable situation going in against Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl in that group. Uh, he was nervous, but this is a guy of 400 NHL games in the regular season to his credit, more than that, uh, and uh, and is uh, now uh, getting his uh, first taste in the National Hockey League postseason, and you gotta think, but I don't want to speak for Bruce Cassidy, that uh, the veteran would be uh, uh, leading the way as the candidates uh, to go in for Game 5 tomorrow in place of Alex Petrangelo. When we continue, one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League, update the out-of-town scoreboard, and let you know on some uh, award nominations as we roll on. Carlson left corner, centered, one-timer, score! It's time for one-timers. one-timers. A quick look at news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Bring you up to date with what's happened as far as punishment from fallout from last night's Game 4 between the Edmonton Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights. A 4-1 decision by Edmonton. The series is now tied up at 2 Darnell Nurse suspended one game for his instigator penalty in the final five minutes. Uh, that occurred at 19:10, so 50 seconds to go in the third period. Mm-hmm. That really jumps out now that we realize that Alex Petrangelo has been suspended one game for his slash on Leon Dreisaitl in the third period, which occurred with about a minute and a half to go. So when you watch the, I'm just looking at it from 30,000 feet. Petrangelo's tossed out of the game for the slash. Mm -hmm. And everybody's thinking the same thing. That's probably going to be supplemental discipline. Yep. That's advantage Edmonton. If it follows through, then goes down that path. Then Darnell Nurse doesn't fight off the faceoff with Nick Hague. Instead comes in from the blue line and a stoppage gets the instigator and he's gone. So there is a lack of discipline on both fronts uh, that uh, that you look at from the punishment side from, from the Edmonton Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights. It could have been a big edge for Edmonton. Yes, you're, you're right. I, I, I would still look at the trade-off and, and say advantage Edmonton just because of so... Uh, everything that Alex Petrangelo means. I know Darnell Nurse is, is one of the better defensemen for the Edmonton Oilers, but when you look at every facet that Petrangelo brings to the table, I, I still think it's advantage Edmonton. But your your point, your larger point is, is well taken in that, you know, the Edmonton Oilers could have gone into game number five with 
Darnell Nurse in the fold had he just yeah. fought with Nick Haig right off the face-off instead of coming in after the fact. So that's certainly, um, you know, one of those situations where I think, you, you know, you're, you're hoping if you're Jay Woodcroft and the Edmonton Oilers that Darnell learns from that moment and drops the gloves when it when he's not going to get an instigator. Bring in Jared Justice. That's literally, I was going to make the joke, it's a teaching moment. It is. It is. Sooner. It is. Yeah. And I didn't realize that there was the offer to go from Nick Hag to Darnell Nurse at the faceoff uh, until Mark Stone uh, offered his postgame availability and gave us a, a bit of a look uh, behind the curtain. Uh, league news outside the Stanley Cup playoffs. They've missed the playoffs three straight years. They're going through a front office shuffle. The Philadelphia Flyers have removed the interim tag on general manager Daniel Briere, who takes over from Chuck Fletcher, who was dismissed uh, late in the season. And the new president of hockey operations is my good friend Keith Jones, who was formally introduced today uh, as the top guy with the Philadelphia Flyers. He's a former Flyers player, uh, spent the final three years of his nine-year NHL career uh, with the uh, with the Flyers, and he's, he's a really good hire. He's never been in a front office before, but he's a great dude, great hockey mind, a great broadcaster. That doesn't guarantee success, but I will put all kinds of faith in a guy like Keith Jones. Yeah, I, I Keith Jones is awesome. Just you know the the way that he understands the game, I, I think is is fantastic. And as you mentioned, uh, you don't really know exactly how it's going to how it's going to work out. But I, I do trust that you know for for Keith Jones, he's he's a, a beloved flyer. I think he wants nothing but the best for that organization. You've had Danny Briere kind of like work his way up into this position now as the full time general manager. So I'm, I'm really intrigued to see what the Philadelphia Flyers do over the next couple of years with that tandem in charge. I think this has been percolating for a while with, with Keith Jones and the Philadelphia Flyers. They've probably had some conversations along the way, not just in the last three weeks or the last month and a half. And I base that on a conversation that Keith and I had when the Golden Knights went through Philadelphia. And I asked them about John Tortorella and just uh, where they are, where the Flyers are. And, I, and I'm talking broadcaster to broadcaster at that point. And he was all in on torts. Yeah. And that uh, now you see what's come around and the glowing uh, comments that Keith made today about having an experienced guy like John Tortorella in the fold to handle this. Uh, just... You look back on a conversation and you kind of examine it from a slightly different viewpoint, knowing what's happened since then. Uh, Vezna Trophy finalists have been announced. We know that Linus Allmark was a given for this award yep. after his season with the Boston Bruins. And that was kind of up in the air. Who else would squeeze their way in? Because Vasilevsky didn't have the best year of, of his career. Yeah. And uh, sort of the other, we're going through a transition of, of perennial top guys. So the field is rounded up. The finalists for the best goaltender in the National Hockey League, Linus Allmark, Ilya Sorokin from the New York Islanders, and then the workhorse, Connor Hellebuck from the Winnipeg Jets. 
any issue with those three? No real issue for me. I, you know, I think Sorokin has been fantastic. A solid year for him. Connor Hellebuck, as you mentioned, he's just an absolute workhorse and, um, you know, a big reason why the Jets were at one at one point the top team in, in the Western Conference. He was fantastic. So I don't really have any issue. I, I would have liked to have seen maybe UC Soros in the fold. I thought he had a fantastic year. Maybe if the if the Predators find themselves in the playoffs. It, it, it kind of gives him a little bit of a bump there, but no real issue with the three for me. Yeah, Allmark uh, was 40, 6, and 1 <laughs> this year. Video game type numbers. Uh, goals against average uh, below 2, save percentage uh, pushing 940. Uh, unbelievable season. Here, here's something interesting, though, on Sorokin. Uh, the Islanders don't make the playoffs without him. Uh, he was that good uh, for for that organization, topping thirty wins. And if if he should pull off the upset of upset, well, one there'd be a massive investigation on on what happened here. Uh, the the, the Vesna is voted on by general managers, so uh, a lot of time wins and popularity. Uh, who's getting? Because they don't. I don't know how much they sift through things. Um, uh, Sorokin, uh, if he pulls off the upset, be the first Islander netminder to win the Vesna since Billy Smith. The first year that the new rules were put in place for the for the Vesna, it used to be just for the lowest goals against average, uh, which is now the Jennings Trophy uh, for team goals against average. Uh, and the first year that it was changed to best goaltender in the league, uh, 1981, uh, with uh, Billy Smith handling the the goaltending duties, part of that dynasty with the New York Islanders uh, going forward. Uh, we, we do know uh, that there's some uh, uh, issues uh, taking place when it comes to schedule in, in the National Hockey League. Uh, getting these games on a regular uh, just rhythm has been a challenge so far in, in, the, in the second round. Well, first round, too, with the, with the gap between the Oilers and the LA Kings. But we're kind of in a flow now. Uh, New Jersey and Carolina are playing game five tonight. New Jersey on the ropes. Carolina can be the first team to advance to the third round with a victory, leading three games to one. And that game tonight stands at 2-2 after two. This turned out, to, this is one of those series that have been back and forth in with wild swings. Uh, we're getting our best game of the series in this one. Yeah, and it's, it's uh, kind of tough for the New Jersey Devils. They had... A phenomenal passing play to go up 3-1. to one. Jack Hughes right next to the goal has a wide open net. He just kind of flubs the shot. It misses the far post. And when I say wide open net, I mean wide open net. And then Brent Burns finds the back of the net with about 38 seconds left in the second period. So you go from potentially going up 3-1 to one in a must-win game to tied 2-2 two to two going into the third period. Uh, that's a tough one for the New Jersey Devils. It'll be interesting to see how they respond in the third. Well, you saw that last night in Vegas and, and Edmonton. Big play in front of the Oilers' net. Penalty is not called on the cross-check against Mark Stone, and the Oilers went down and, and took a 3 nothing lead. Big swing if you don't convert on chances or you don't get the call at the right time. Uh, Seattle and Dallas playing game five, mm -hmm. uh, which is now the first game of a best of three as they're tied up uh, going into the back half of this series. Uh, Dallas, I don't feel Dallas has played its best hockey no. uh, in, in this series. I'm kind of, I'm waiting in, in the same way that I was waiting for Colorado to take control uh, of Seattle. I'm waiting for Dallas to grab hold of this series. Yeah, I, I, part of me feels like it's coming. And again, I, I 
look at this series in, in a pretty similar way that I look at Vegas Edmonton, where it, it feels like everything I think is, is somewhat opposite to what ends up happening. But I feel like the Dallas Stars are, are kind of growing in their game. I do believe Jake Ottinger is getting better and better as the series wears on. And I just feel like the Dallas Stars are kind of following that blueprint, too. They have finished series strong. They were fantastic in the back half against the Minnesota Wild. So I kind of feel like that's what we're about to see with Dallas and Seattle. I talked about Nick Kiprios uh, with Brian Boyle, a uh, former player turned broadcaster, and uh, he was on the Trip Podcast with me today. You ever heard of a Kippyism? You know what a Kippyism is? Uh, yeah, you've you've told us okay. about Kippyism. It, it's, it's, yep. it's mixing up uh, different terminology. Yep. Yep. A couple of great ones today uh, on the Trip Podcast uh, as we get into Toronto and Florida. Whether or not the Maple Leafs can do it, come all the way back. They stayed alive last night, and it is a three-one series standing going back to Toronto and that environment just a little bit of optimism and you look at uh, the intensity in in Edmonton and Vegas and we talked about because they see a path mm-hmm. Tampa's out Boston's out Colorado's out and Toronto's on the ropes you, the the teams right now that are headed towards the postseason Carolina good team mm-hmm. but is missing some 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 parts. Florida, 17th overall in the National Hockey League regular season. Dallas or Seattle, a second-year team versus a team that had had some good spurts but wasn't thought of as a marquee contender. You look at that, and that's why the intensity has just been edged up a, a little bit. Uh, we got to take a break. We'll come back with. Uh, it's not catching up with. Chapman, but it's pretty good as we jump in with Jared on the other side of Fox Sports Las Vegas. That was one time one timers brought to you by Paul Pada Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. When I need one win, one W, what are you gonna do to get me that? Selfish hockey. That's right, selfish hockey. Break it down. Skate the puck. Don't pass it. Headman's still going to be there when you catch up with Take it coast to coast. Shots from four angles are still shots. Fuck and a half, two-minute shifts. Three minutes, even. Cruise the blue line to catch your breath. Bad balance, that's a good breakaway. Gotta get the bounces, boys. Perfect. And a retaliation penalty never hurt anyone. What's our mantra? They don't ask how, they ask how many. That's right. It's the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. When you tell me I'm a wreck, you Letter Kenny. Yeah. yeah. Gorgeous. Awesome. Oh. I genuinely was looking through all your drops, well, all of Chapman's drops. I was like, there's not enough Letterkenny in here. There isn't. So selfish hockey is uh, has been added. I'm sure it'll never get used. What's the parody or the next step off Letterkenny? There's a... Shorzy. 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 There we are. Yeah, Shorzy's yeah. really good. Yeah. Damon Cotton from Raider Nation Radio, and I watched it in like a day. The acting in that is really, really good. In the yes. sense of, I don't know how they deliver those lines so fast, and they're long lines. Yes, and it's all wordplay, nonstop yes. wordplay, where you're just like, okay, hold on, I'm going to rewind Hulu. Yeah. The outtakes of that would be extensive. <laughs> Jared, to your point, you, you've got to watch an episode about four and a half to five times just to get all the jokes. Yeah. You're exactly. exactly. Uh, Letter Kenny and Shorzy. 
<laughs> now, Shorzy's more hockey, right? Shorzy is about the fourth place team in a four team division. Yeah. <laughs> Letter Kenny's about the town and the yes. characters. Yes. Uh, Shorzy's uh, a lot more hockey. Uh, some some good guys in that. So so Jared, uh, you're going on vacation. Yes. We wish you a great family reunion. Yep. Please, no fights. No promises. <laughs> <laughs> Have we booked everybody in, like the Hatfields and the McCoys? Uh, no, not necessarily. But the problem is, is that, that we're doing, we're all coming together in Kansas and then we're traveling what? to Illinois. Why don't you just go to Illinois? Because it's a town of less than like 5,000. It's literally a town that only exists because another town next to it has a university. Oh. So like it is, it is. Well, this town, this town's in for a real big weekend. A railroad track goes through it. But doesn't have any stops. What's the family name? Is it Justice? Yes, it is. It's the Justice family reunion? Yes, Justice and BB. Justice and BB coming together, baby. We're going to make it happen this weekend. I want full reports day by day. I will tell you how the crawfish from Kansas taste. Thank you. And tomorrow we get ready for Game 5. Vegas, Edmonton on Fox Sports Las Vegas.